see my uncle and auntie here, Fred and Betty Evans, and uh, grew up uh, in their house with their two sons and daughters. Uh, and the third, then the third son came later, Philip. And, uh, you know, amazing examples of people who followed Jesus all the days of their life. And we honour you and we thank God for you. Praise God for you. Um, Pastor Mark and Nina, you got the best pastors in the world, by the way. Let, that, their pastor's heart for you is incredible. In fact, when I left Paradise, which is now Influencers, which is becoming Futures, there's always a prophetic word to change the name of the church. And, uh, and I said to my brother, I said, the two most important people on staff are Mark Elmendorp and John Villani because their pastoring gift for that church is amazing. And God released Mark and Nina to come up here. And uh, they love you. They brag about you. They talk how great you are all the time. I'm in the back room before the service. And Mark goes, I've got to go and meet the people. And I'm going, okay, I'm a person too. Uh, but we honour you and we thank God for your, your, your leadership, your friendship, your hunger. Um, Brilliant. In a few, in next week, is it next week? Two weeks, uh, we have Planet Shakers Conference and Planet Boom Conference here in Brisbane. And I want to invite you all. It's only for the conference. It's only Friday night and all day Saturday. And Pastor Mark is so committed to this conference, he's not even playing golf on Saturday morning. You know that is God speaking. Uh, and um, I, I just want to show you a video briefly. And we've got a special deal for you today. Um, Let's go. Oh, there's Pastor Russell Evans. The glory of God will bring people together. The glory of God will bring families together. The church of Jesus Christ is coming together. of God manifested. So that is going to be at the showgrounds. Special deal for Emerge Church today. I think we're doing $60 and two for 100 And uh, by the way, all the boom guys come into the Planet Shakers Conference at the end, so it's going to be amazing because we're, we're a people of generations. Amen. You know, you can, I'm 55 now. My uncle told me how fat I was before the meeting. I uh, said, thank you very much for that. He did it in a very pastoral way. He just tat, patted me on the tummy and uh, said, mmm. And I'm like, thank you very much. And, uh, and then I added the compliment to him. Uh, um, <laughs> but I, I just believe you can be young at spirit. Young in spirit. You know, by the way, um, Pastor Murray Cartledge, I want to honour you as well. Being a great friend to my mother over the years and what a great leader you and Pastor David Cartledge are in, that we're in this nation and you still are. And what I do love about um, my mother and people like um, Pastor Murray Cartledge, they always didn't get too old to enjoy the new. That's what I liked about my grandfather, by the way. At 86, he used to come to our youth services and I'd go... He'd say, don't tell anyone, but this is the best service in the church. And I, so I told my dad every time, Grandpa says this is the best service in the church. And here's a Welshman who loved listening to Welsh hymns, but he would come to youth group where everybody was jumping. And I said to him one time, why do you like it? He says, it's the life. I want to be where the life is. And that's what I want to be. I want to be where the life is. And so I want to invite you all to come and uh, Pastor Mark is giving up golf, and you know that's a big deal. That is like there's Jesus and, and Father and Son, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the Godhead. There's Nina in the family, and then there's golf. Oh, no, Emerge Church is above that, but anyway. <laughs> so very cool. Well, we're going to, I want to speak to you this morning. So great to be here. We're living in a, unprecedented times. We've heard that. You guys can go, but you can stay because you make me sound better. Are you married? Do you have a girlfriend? 
Would you like a girlfriend? I'm good at prophecy. <laughs> uh, Pastor Mark, is he ready or not? Just wait a little while longer. Okay, cool. Uh, and we live in crazy. We live live in crazy times like I've never seen before. I've seen parts of what we live in now, but I've never seen it all come together like it has. You know, Ecclesiastes 3.11, they don't have this at the back. I forgot to give them this. It's just a small scripture. It says, God has set eternity in our hearts. If we understand that we aren't living for the temporal, but we're living for eternity, it changes how we live our lives. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 to 5, it's talking about the last days and there's been a lot of people talk about last days and this going to happen and that going to happen. I don't know when it's what's going to happen. I just know Jesus will come back. And it says, you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be, there will be very difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. They'll be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They'll consider nothing sacred They'll be unloving, unforgiving. They'll slander others and have no self-control. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that can make them godly. And he says here, Paul says to Timothy, stay away from people like that. In Matthew 24, Jesus is talking on the Mount of Olives and his disciples come to him and said, Jesus... And privately, he says, tell us when all this will happen. What sign will signal your return in the end of the earth? So again, Jesus has been talking about end times. And Jesus told them, don't let anyone mislead you, for many will come in my name, claiming I'm the Messiah. They'll deceive many, and you'll hear of wars and threats of wars, but don't panic. These things must take place, but the end will not follow immediately. Nation will go war against a nation, kingdom against kingdom. There'll be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world, but all this is only for the first of birth pains with more to come. Then you'll be arrested and persecuted and killed. You'll be hated all over the world because you are my followers and many will turn from me and betray and hate each other and many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. You're saying, what a very encouraging word you're giving this morning. Sin will be rampant everywhere and the love of many will grow cold, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. I love this verse 14. And the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. I, uh, I um, uh, get to work with uh, the Pentecostal charismatic movements around the world and uh, there's this movement which really is the umbrella movement uh, it used to be called the World Pentecostal Fellowship, and that's still there. But the one that's really the biggest one now is called Empower 21. And uh, on this, we have scholars and world leaders, and, and I'm uh, the vice president of that now, which is crazy. And I also serve on the board of Oral Roberts University. And so we got a lot of scholars and researchers, and they say that in the world right now, there is 680 million Pentecostal charismatic Christians. Pentecostal charismatic Christianity is the fastest growing part of Christianity in the world. So you're a part of nothing, something that's not small. You're part of something that is growing and growing and growing and growing and growing and growing and growing. You know, sometimes people try to be little Pentecostals, but here's the truth. It's the fastest growing part of Christianity and it's the church that is changing the world. But when you become world changers, guess what happens? The devil doesn't like it. He doesn't say, go and take territory. He sits there and he opposes what you do. So, you know, as I've looked at the last two or three years, we are living in many challenging times. Times where leaders in our country say that Christianity is no longer acceptable in, pub in the public square. Times where you may lose your job for your Christian faith. Times where Christian schools and religious institutions will have their rights and beliefs that they've held for hundreds of years and there is an attempt to take these rights and beliefs away. Times where innocent before guilty is no longer the standard. Times where people can make up all types of things and vilify you for your faith. 
times of persecution, time where there is an attempt to re-identify what God has made, times where belief in the Holy Bible is being attacked, times where even the Bible is called or referred to as hate speech. It's crazy. And times that the Bible talks about. So these Scriptures, I went through this list of what in 2 Timothy and in Matthew 24, seeing if all these things were happening. And I've seen parts of those things happening, but I've never seen them all happening at the same time. So let's look at this. Many will come in the name of Jesus, but they'll mislead you. Tick, that's happening. Wars and rumours of wars. Tick, that's happening. Nation will war against nation. Tick, that's happening. Famines and earthquake. That's happening. Persecuted and killed and rested for our faith. That's happening around the world. You'll be hated because of your faith. That's happening. People will turn from God and hate each other. Yes, that's happening. False prophets will deceive. Yes, that will happen. That is happening. Sin will be rampant and the love of many for God will grow cold. That's happened and happening. People will be unloving and unforgiving. That's happening. It's called cancel culture. People will love only themselves and their money. That's happening. People will be boastful and pride. That's always happened, but it's happening. People slander each other and have no control. That's happening. They'll betray their friends, be reckless, puffed up with pride and love pleasure rather than God. That's happening. And they'll act religious, but they reject the power that could make them godly. That's happening. So all those things are happening. So we can get caught up in that and we go, oh, you know, whatever. But here is what the Bible says will happen at the same time. In the last days, God says... I will pour out my Spirit on all people. So you can look at all the lists that's bad, but I'm looking at the list that says what I'm going to be, what I'm called to do. And it says, your sons and daughters will prophesy. There is a move amongst young people that is going to be unprecedented in this nation. I love this nation. This nation I will never move from because I love this nation. This nation needs leaders. This nation needs strong churches. This nation needs people sold out to this nation. It says, your young men shall see visions and your old men will dream dreams. Even us old people can dream dreams. And in those days, I will pour out my spirit, even on my servants, men and women alike. I love that. God wants to use everybody and they will prophesy and I'll cause wonders in the heavens above and signs. I thought that the ushers about to take me out. Um, <laughs> and signs on the earth below and blood and fire and clouds of smoke and the sun will become dark. And then it goes on. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. What a cool thing. So the list that I talked about all the negative. Now I'm going to look at the positive of what's going to happen. The Bible says God will pour out His Spirit on all people. I was just in Korea, as Pastor Mark says, and we, I preached in the demilitarized zone of between North and South Korea. Mortars were going off as I was preaching. I thought it was the power of God, but it was actually the mortars. And, um, and, and it, it was amazing. And we're meeting together with these global leaders and one of the men that I'd known, we were actually, Planet Shakers were supposed to go to the Ukraine, um, but a war broke out. We we're about to do an event in Kiev in the stadium there. And the pastor of the church there had uh, come to this event in, in South Korea. And he comes in and, and his name's Henry. And I said, how are you, Henry? He goes, oh, yeah, it's challenging. I said, well, tell me what's happened. He goes, well, it's crazy. He goes, in the first week of the war, I lost three quarters of my church. They all left because they went for protection. And he said, I, I prayed and I said, God, should I leave? And he goes, no, send your family out, but you stay because we need some spiritual power in this place. And he says, well, okay, cool. And he said, so what happened is I stayed. And now what is happening is, we have an issue. And I said, well, what's your issue? He said, my issue is we don't have enough leaders to handle how many people are joining the church. We are growing. We are four times bigger than we were before the war started. And what is also happening in the Ukraine, 
is the center of a lot of Christianity comes out of Ukraine and it has been dispersed throughout Europe. So what the enemy meant for bad, and it is bad, God will use it and turn it around for His glory. God is pouring out His Spirit upon all people. I'm here to encourage you this year. You're praying and fasting not for just something to, uh, to take place that's little. You're praying and fasting for something that will be significant. God will pour out His Spirit. The the second thing that will happen in these last days is that signs and wonders and miracles will increase. I'm here to declare over your life, signs, wonders and miracles. I'm I'm here to declare over Emerge Church, signs, wonders and miracles. We've already got signs, wonders and miracles, but they're going to increase. I believe where the enemy brings an acceleration of attack, God brings an acceleration of His Spirit. Where the enemy tries to do stuff to hold you back, God says, where the enemy comes in like a flood, I raise up a standard against it. And the standard against it is signs, wonders, and miracles power. We we don't need a Christianity that's weak and just nice. We need a Christianity of power because Christianity is based on power. The power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. The Spirit of God is full of power and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. I grew up as a pastor's kid I didn't want to be a preacher. I wanted to be a rock star because we had so many preachers in our family. My grandpa was a preacher. My grandma was a missionary. My dad's a preacher. My mum was a preacher. Now she's preaching to all the disciples because that's what she'd be doing. She'd be arguing Scripture. Um, she'd be, uh, she always had a worldview or a an opinion. That's why pastors' kids always have opinions because they have parents who have opinions. Anyway, and so my uncle's a preacher and my auntie as well. My, uh, you know, my other side of the family, they were preachers in Nambour and missionaries. And um, so I, I didn't want to be a preacher. There's no way I want to be a preacher because I didn't, I don't think, I felt I could never be what my heritage was. I didn't feel that I could ever live up to my grandfather or my dad or my uncle or whatever. And uh, I remember when I was 14, and my mum, she was amazing, but she was scary. She was scary. She used to pray all the time and have words of knowledge about things about me. Before I was about to sin, she'd say, you're about to do that. And I'm like... I remember one time I went to a... I was raised where you weren't allowed to go to movies and you weren't allowed to play sport on Sunday. I was a great sportsman. My parents ruined my sporting career. (laughs) And so I remember I was at this movie and it was a horror movie and it was rated R and I was 14. I was in this movie and I was feeling bad. I was feeling bad. I think it was like Werewolf in London or something like that. And, um, and my mum's praying at a kitchen bench and she says, Russell's at Tea Tree Plaza Cinema in cinema number seven. <laughs> so there I am feeling bad in this meeting, in the, not meeting, movie. And my mother walks in, I don't know, but I hear her. It's Russell Evans here. I'm like, this producer of this movie is amazing. It makes the devil's voice sound like my mum. And she took me out and, and she believed in ministry. In fact, if there was a choice who would minister to me, it would be my dad every time because he's a softy. You know, you'd cry and he'd feel sorry for you. You know, one time I stayed away from school for seven days because I felt called as a missionary to the amusement places because no one, no one was winning them. No one, I had said, yes, Lord, here I am. And on the seventh day, God did not rest. He sent a note from school and said I hadn't been in school. And my mom said, how was school? And I said, it was awesome. And she then showed me the letter. And I said, gee, 
I know why dad married you. You're beautiful. Wow, you. Sure. If I was a young man, you'd be in the one I married too, you know. She said, wait in the bedroom for your father. And, you know, I, I was in there and I was doing deals with God. I'll be a missionary for three days in a three-star hotel. That will be my limit. And, uh, and those who know me know that's true. Uh, <laughs> and I'm waiting and then my dad comes in and he starts crying. He goes, this is going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you. I said, I said, Dad, you give me the stick. You bend over and see if that's okay. Where, where my mum, she would just break out into a song. My Redeemer lives, cha-cha-cha. She would go into verse, chorus, bridge, second verse, chorus, bridge. I'd say, Mum, stop. She goes, no, the glory of the Lord is here. It's a miracle I'm standing here today. But I remember she, when, I turned, when I was about 14, she said, God's going to speak to you when you're 15. I thought in my head, whatever. But you, don't say, you didn't say it back then. You might say it now, but you don't say it back then. Because whatever would have broken into my Redeemer lives. <laughs> and we opened our church and I was around 15 and I was sitting on the front row and uh, minding my own business. Really, I was checking out the girl behind me. She was beautiful. So I was like worshipping. Because women want godly men, soft hearts, strong minds. Some men are single because they, they don't cry. They oh, I don't cry. No, no. You cry in worship, she'll marry you every time. So next time in worship, when she's looking at you, poke yourself in the eye, let the tears run out, and she'll go, man of God, I'm marrying it. I'm giving you some hints there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And this preacher was preaching. He says, stand up. And I'm like, oh, no. He's going to have a word of knowledge that I was worshipping the creation. And he says, stand up, don't compare yourself to your grandfather, your father, your uncle. But God's called you. And he's anointed you to be a spokesman to the world. I'm sitting there and I've got two voices speaking to me. A voice of insecurity and a voice of destiny. The voice of insecurity says you're not good enough, you're not talented enough, you're not this enough. The voice of destiny says I'm more than enough. I've given you power. It's not your ability, it's my ability. I'll come upon you. And I remember walking out of that place and I, and I, and I thought, I can't do this. And so for two years, I just was still involved in the band but wasn't really doing anything. And then when I was 17 years of age, I was at a camp. That's why conferences and, and camps are so important because they give you an ability to build upon, build upon, build upon. On Sunday, you, you get to have one shot, but at a conference, layer upon layer, precept upon precept, what happens is God encounters you. And I remember I went to this camp and Danny Guglamucci was my youth pastor and he cries all the time. I remember one time going up to him and saying, why are you crying? He says, I'm not crying. I said, well, why is your head leaking? And this time he was crying. He goes, because God's showing me what you could be. And I said, what's that? He said, a history maker. I responded to an altar at that camp. And as I responded, I I said, Jesus, I love you. And he says, I love you too, Russell. I said, you're awesome. He says, so are you. You're made in my image. He says, I want to use you. I said, but God, I can't speak. He says, who said that? Did I say that? And I said, no, the devil. He says, why are you believing a defeated foe? So I remember I got out of that had an encounter with God and went on the journey of getting involved running a small group, then became the youth kid, the teenage pastor, had 20 kids, grew to 300 in very quick time. And then, then I remember I was a young adults pastor, didn't want to be the young adults pastor because I wanted to be with Danny over at the new church at 
I had helped start with him. And I remember I went to this meeting and I'm sitting on the front row. And this man of God comes up to me and he goes, I brand you with fire. And at that moment, the power of God went through my very body. And for 30 minutes, I shook and I was on fire. And God spoke to me two simple things. He said, start a conference called Planet Shakers. I said, God, what's that? God never gives you the 10-point plan. He gives you the one-step plan. So I went and started a conference called Planet Shakers. I didn't know that now in 2023, there'd be a church in Melbourne that is 17,000 people, sees 200 people saved every weekend. I didn't know that billions of people would sing our songs all over the world. I, I didn't know that I'd be the vice president of the Pentecostal charismatic movement of the world. I, I didn't know that, that literally millions of people watch us online. I, I didn't know that, that God would do what He has done. But it wasn't me. It was just saying yes to Him and letting Him come and fill you with power. And you will receive power, ability, efficiency and might when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. When you get saved, the Holy Spirit lives in you for you. But when you're baptised in the Holy Spirit, He comes upon you for others to be my witnesses. It's His power. This world don't need a powerless Christianity. Doesn't need just some pontification about some belief. It needs a genuine encounter with God. People can argue doctrine. They can argue uh, and I believe in having good doctrine, but they can argue that what this says and that says, but when you encounter God, there's no argument. Signs and wonders and miracles are gonna break out at a merged church like you've never seen before. It, there's gonna be an acceleration of signs, wonders and miracles. In Amos chapter nine says that the, the, the reaper the, the sower will overtake the reaper. In other words, there'll be so much uh, favour and blessing because God's saying, where the enemy has come in like a flood, I've got to do something to counteract that. And the counteract is a moving of my spirit, not just an entertainment of people, not just, you know, nice sermons. No, a moving of the Spirit of God. It says salvations will happen. You know, the very first thing that happened after the outpouring of the Spirit in, in Acts chapter 2 was 3,000 men were saved. That probably means there's over 10,000 people got saved in one meeting. One meeting. Through a guy called Peter, who had been a denier of Christ. Peter, who had had an anger problem. Peter also had a faith uh, he, he stepped out on faith instead of from water. He was a guy who had the highs and lows. He had revelation and he had intimidation. And Jesus says, I still believe in you even with all your flaws and all your mistakes and all the things. You weren't even at the tomb when I rose. There was, I, I, there was Mary there. You weren't even there. But it was through Peter that the gospel was preached. And the church was birthed. So you might look at yourself and you go, well, in the last year or this year, or you might even look at now and say, oh, I've got this weakness, I've got that weakness. I got the, you know, I, I, we all got weakness. That's why we never be judgmental. We're always builders. We never cancel people. We always encourage people. The only thing that Jesus canceled was Satan and sin. We are restorers. We are revivalists. We are people who take the broken and lift them on our shoulders and, and, and pray and, and get them filled with the Spirit of God. Salvations is going to increase like we've never seen before. You're going to see altars packed in every campus with people saying yes to Jesus. And then when one family comes, another family comes, and then another family comes. 
it was amazing because I went back to celebrate a hundred years of the church that I was from in Adelaide. Hundred years. You know, the miracle of that is it's still on fire a hundred years later. That's more a miracle than when the fire started, is whether the fire continues. <laughs> and, I, and I'm walking through the crowd and I'm meeting people that I'd known for years and knew me when I was a little kid, but they got saved. One was a guy called Wally Watt. And then his son Andrew came up and then the family were around. Because salvation came to that house, first to Wally and then the rest of the house. And that's what's gonna happen. People are gonna get saved from young to old from all socioeconomic backgrounds, all people groups. You know, I love our church in Melbourne. We have 150 nations, over 150 nations in our church because that's what heaven looks like. The fourth thing that God says He's gonna do is God will use the young, the old, the men, the woman, and anyone who endures and pursues God with all their heart Today, I want to encourage you, let this week of prayer and fasting not just be a week of prayer and fasting, but let it be a setup to pursuing God with all your heart, pursuing Him with all your might, your soul and strength, making Him the focus of your life. You know, I see people and they, they set up hierarchies in their life. They go, okay, God's first, my family's second, my career's third, my finances, my hobbies, and they... they no, God isn't the top and then there comes a second, third and fourth. God's in the centre. So He's first and everything revolves around that. So He's first. So if He's first, He's first in my family. So that means we're gonna make God's house a priority and the things of God a priority in our house. He's first in my finance. That means I'm gonna put first, give Him my first fruits because He's first in my finances. He's first in my hobbies. That means He's gonna be the reason I play darts. It's not just an enjoyment only, it's actually to encounter people to encounter Jesus. He's first, He's the centre. And the Bible says in the good news about the kingdom, will be preached throughout the whole earth so all nations will hear it and then the end will come. So what is the key when there's persecution? You know, see, here's the challenge. What COVID did is really show what people believe. When, you know, we had an era that it's been really nice and things, there's little challenges here, but then there comes a challenge and then the church starts getting persecuted. What do people believe? And if we just preach God is just a Father Christmas God and you won't go through challenges and persecution, we're not teaching the whole Bible. Because there is persecution for being a Christian. There is people who won't understand what you believe and why you believe it. And so at, at the same time where there's persecution, challenge, trouble, famine, wars, rumours of wars, the counteract to that is an outpouring of the Spirit of God. So the key is prayer, 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 not just for a week, but a continual prayer life. The church was birthed in a prayer meeting. What are you birthing in your prayer life? A church that doesn't pray basically says they don't need God. If my people will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. And sometimes we look at wicked ways as we look at all the bad things that we, we see. Wickedness is unbelief. Unbelief. Why do I need to pray? It's because I need to be a believer. I'm not a skeptic, I'm not a critic, I'm not a cynic, I'm a believer. And so what keeps my believing up is my prayer life, my praise life, my worship life, God's presence and prayer are the keys to living in this outpouring of the Spirit of God and the truth of God's Word. I was brought up when they, we had this, had this thing called Scripture in Song. And what they used to do is put Scripture in Song. And uh, we would sing Scriptures in Song. Planet Shakers writes lots of music and we, we, we know a lot of people in the music industry, Christian music industry, and we'll... One day sitting with um, the record company we were a part of at that time, 
And they said, you write too much Scripture in your songs. You need to be more poetic and describe it more. And I said, when I'm going through a storm, I don't need a poem. I need a sword. I don't need just a nice allegoric, nice expression of some flowery term. I need the power of God. I, and so we got to have Scripture in our songs. we got to have the Word of God in our songs. we got to have the Word of God in our mouth. We got, but if you don't know the Word, how are you going to use it in times of battle? Hmm. Walking in humility is a key. You say, what, what does that mean? Does it mean you bow down? And, no, I was bowed down this week with a sore back. No, humility isn't being weak. It's actually being strong in your dependence upon God. Humility is total dependence upon God. So we need Him in every area of our lives to be dependent. God, what do you want me to do here? What do you want me to do there? What, how do I do this, God? I, I'm gonna put my dependence upon you because the Bible says it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by the Spirit of the Lord. So the, the challenge is when we live in these times that we live with a temporal worldview or an eternal worldview. See, if I live by a temporal worldview, I'm worried about opposition. But if I live with an eternal worldview, I just understand it's part of the course. If I, if I live by a temporal worldview, my problems become bigger. But if I live by an eternal worldview, my God is bigger than my problems. If I live by a temporal worldview, the, the, the valley of the shadow of death is, is the worst experience you could ever have. But if I have an eternal worldview, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Why? Because I have an eternal worldview. And we as a church need to have an eternity in our heart worldview. I close with this. Thank you for putting up with this sweating bald guy. That's a little overweight, Uncle Fred. I'll get there, though. Um, I know you're checking my, my health. That's good. Um, Robert Morris, a friend of mine, I, I was looking at this whole eternity, and, and I switched him on. I, just, I was just watching him, and he told this amazing story of when his mother was about to graduate to heaven. And he was there, and he said to his mom, he said, Mom, is American mom? America takes you out of everything. Like, favor. No, I don't want favor. You need to be in favor. Honor. No, honor. Our. Favor is our, and honor is our. Anyway, just I'll... praise God, glory to God. There it is, my, my, my. Whoa, glory. Woo! He says, Mom, are you nervous about dying? She said, Oh no. He goes, Why not? She says, Because I've lived every moment of my life for this moment. That when I graduate from this earth to my eternal place, that when I see him in all his fullness, when I see Him in all His glory, every challenge, every victory, every trial, every tribulation, every conquering moment has been for this moment that I see Him and I'll join with what is called in Hebrews 12, the great cloud of witnesses. I've lived every day for this. But if you just live for now, you'll get caught up with now. But if you live with eternity, every decision you make will be with that in mind. My mother used to say is this, what are we doing here? We're training for raining. Training for raining. But you can't reign and rule with your own strength. It's your dependence upon the precious Holy Spirit. And He's here right now. He wants to fill you. He wants to empower you. He wants to pour His presence upon you. So would you stand with me for a moment?
and lifting up holy hands to Him. You know, one of the word for hand or praise in Scripture is hand, which means to surrender my strength. In other words, I give you my strength, God. I put my dependence upon you. <laughs> I need you like nothing. Let's do that again. I need you. I need you like nothing else. I need you again. I need you like nothing else. Let that be I need you. I need you like nothing else. My maker. There's anticipation. There's anticipation. I can feel it in the air. The rain of death is finished. You're alive in me. You're alive in me. Come on, let's call out to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, fall. Holy Spirit, fall. Fall on your people. Fall on your people now. Come upon the merchant. Go and live in fall. Is that fresh? upon your people Maybe today some of you need to come out of agreement with insecurity and come into agreement with destiny. Maybe you've come into agreement with the how, this is how it's always going to be or you've come into agreement with a lie of fact instead of the truth of God's Word. So if there's something that you've believed that isn't of God for your life, I want you to right now to say, God, I'm sorry for believing that. I come out of agreement with that lie. Maybe it's about your finances. Maybe it's about your family. Maybe it's about your health. Maybe it's about your situation in life. And right now, God, if there's anything in us that isn't of you, we come out of agreement. We sever ties with that lie. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we sever ties with doubt and fear and unbelief and cynicism and criticalness. And right now, God, we come into agreement with destiny. We come into agreement with eternity. We come into agreement with purpose. We come into an agreement with favor. We come into agreement right here, right now, right now, in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, 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 Holy Spirit
getting this picture of someone or some people in this room who in your spirit you want to fly but it feel like you're anchored to something that every time you get you take a step out you feel like this tug back and I, I see the spirit of God coming and breaking that chain that that connection that is holding you back it's your past holding you back and, and God saying I'm breaking that right now I'm breaking that now. If that's you, you say, I feel like that God's put this thing into me to fly, but I keep getting pulled back by my past, or get pulled back by something that has happened in my life. But today I want to see that broken. If that's you, lift your hands to heaven wherever you are. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we break every stronghold of the enemy. We break every lie. We break every intimidation. Lord, everything... Lord, you're putting us to fly. You're putting us to step into new realms and dimensions of faith. And Lord, right now, every time we seem to get out and take a jump and a leap, feels like we've been pulled back. But today, by faith, we break every stronghold. We break that chain. We break that rope. We break that thing that will try to pull us back. And Lord, we release them to fly. We release them to run. We release them to go to a whole nother level. Today is a day of breakthrough. Today is a day of freedom. Thank you, Lord. Come and fall on your Good thing for all you guys, I have to catch a plane soon, so we won't be going that much longer. <laughs> but um, shoo, he, he's here. He's here. <laughs> he's here. There's been people and you've been struggling in your sleep. In fact, you get fearful when you go to sleep because you go, what if I don't sleep? And I'm struggling in my sleep. I, ca I can't sleep. And, you might get nightmares or attacks in your sleep, but God wants to break all that today. And if that's you, would you lift your hands to heaven? If that's you, yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Father, right now I release peace. I release joy. I release prophetic dreams. I release peace and favor. Let every sleepless night be gone in the name of Jesus. And I release your power, your power, your power. Lord, we rebuke the devourer who to come to rob, steal, and destroy. And we release sleep, strength, renewing in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, if you believe that God has broken sleepless nights, that He's broken every chain that's hold people back, would you give God a praise, a victory in this place? Thank you, Lord. Come on, let's praise Him. Let's praise Him like 
He's worthy of spin. Yeah, Jesus. Fall on your people. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, Jesus. Is that fresh breath of heaven alive in your presence? We're going to do three more things. Firstly, if you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, I'm going to release a prayer and then we're going to all begin to speak in our heavenly language. And those who have never been ever been able to um, speak in tongues and want to today, we're going to release that by faith today. Some of you might want to come down and have people pray with you. Some might want to stay in your seat. I know people, I know a girl the other day got saved in our church and she's driving in the car. And as she's driving, she's, she's singing, you know, worship song. And then as she's singing, she starts singing. And she goes, she hadn't even read the Scripture to know that it was there. In the last days, I'll pour out my Spirit on all flesh. So right now, if you've been baptized, maybe you need to be refilled this morning. Maybe you need a fresh. Or you say, I've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit. I want us all to lift our hands and just begin to speak in our heavenly language. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled, be filled, be filled, be filled. See, some of you might want prayer. Pastor Mark is over here to pray for anyone who wants prayer for this. See, the team will be here. Out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. And you will receive power. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. There's a new well being dug. I'm, I'm here to prophesy right now. This church has had many great wells of revival, wells of breakthrough that have been dug. And we've redug them. But God's digging a new well for a new season in this place. And when Isaac dug that new well, it released so much blessing. And I just believe there's a well of blessing that is being dug right now as you seek God's face, as you continue to chase after Him. And, and I see this place as a, 
a, a hospital where people come in and get in the, the stream of the river of God and healing comes. This place is a place of encouragement where people's faith will be encouraged. This place is a place of breakthrough and, and care. This place is a place of abundance, of abundance, of abundance, of abundance. I, I really, you know, Pastor Mark, I know the church is blessed. And I know the finances be good and I know all that, but I just believe there's going to be an opening of finances to see all the dreams that you and Pastor Nina have in your heart to see happen. Because a, a sign of a revival is a generosity in the people. And there's going to be a well of abundance in this place so you can touch nations because it's never been about you or Nina it's always been about how can we touch more people? How can we change more lives? And I declare over your businesses, over your families, over your personal wealth. You don't live according to the economy of Australia. You live according to the economy of heaven. And when the GFC happened in our own church, our income went up 90% because people didn't believe, live by according to where they're living on earth. They're citizens of heaven, ambassadors of heaven. And God is the resource that's going to open up blessing that you are going to be so amazed at how much God blesses you as you bless others. Mm. So would you do this? Would you put, I know it's warm, but I've been working harder. So um, would you put your hand on the person on the left or right? And would you release an abundant blessing, an eternity blessing? That's it. Begin to lift your voices and begin to pray for these people. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. You can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. You are more than a conqueror. You are victorious in Jesus. It's time to take steps of faith. It's time to live with eternity in mind. just, uh, I can feel something. You know, this is packed here. This is the second week of January. And it's hot. Oh, it's Queensland. So anyway, but this is a start of what God wants to do. You know, I, I got a text as I was preaching. Our church in Melbourne, we've had to put out extra chairs just like you are here. Why? because God is doing something. He's up to something. There's a moving of the Spirit of God. And so with a thousand hallelujahs, we're going to magnify His name. Come on. Come on. We're going to lift this roof with worship and praise. Hallelujah. 
magnify you. 